Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. So I totally miss you guys. It's been it's been a week. Who who's yeah, separation anxiety right there. Right? Who who was at the dance show last week? That was awesome. It was so cool. I love it. We do it every year, but because of that, we didn't have crux last week. Oh. So I miss you guys. It feels like it's been like a month, right? No, no. Okay, just me. All right. <laughs> no, it's been like a day. No. All right. All right. Anyway, so who knows uh, this summer what we have been going after? Like, what is the series of this this summer? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Spirit. You gotta say it like in the South. Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so is that, is that right? I don't know. Okay. All right. So anyway, we talked. Let's see. Three weeks ago. Uh, we talked about this summer, we really wanted to get to know the Holy Spirit more. Like, and really a lot of my story in my life was I, I, I grew up knowing Father God and I knew a lot about Jesus. And then it was like I knew a lot about the Bible, but I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, right? Which is somehow doesn't make sense because if you know the Bible, you should know the Holy Spirit, right? He's in the Bible, right? And so we said, let's, let, this summer, let's just pursue the Holy Spirit. Let's pursue who he is. Where is he in scripture? Let, let's ask all the hard questions. Let's ask about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's activate each, like, and go after it, right? And then, so we talked about who the Holy Spirit was. And then Pastor Andrew came in and that was wild. He talked about just living a lifestyle of like kind of submitting to the flow of the Holy Spirit, right? Just kind of, okay, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do in my life, uh, I'm in, right? And, and whatever it looks like. I love when he says, like, I'll be the weirdo, whatever, I'll be it. <laughs> like, well, I'll do whatever you want, Holy Spirit, right? And then we talked about, uh, we talked about starting to go into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how the gifts of the Holy Spirit were never meant to be something that freaked us out. Who in the past says, yeah, there was a time in my life when I was totally freaked out by the gifts of the Spirit, right? Yeah, so freaked out. I remember when David was freaked out. I was there. I remember that, right? <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm freaked out, man. I'm like, I know, I was too, right? And so, it, but, but you got to realize it's a gift, right? If, if, if your dad, every time he's like, I have a gift for you, you're weary and you're kind of freaked out. You're like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of weird. I was like, what's your dad been giving you? You know, because well, usually when the dad's like, I got a gift, the kid's like, oh, yay, right? Okay, unless it's like weird, right? And so when the Holy Spirit says, I have gifts of the spirit for you, they were never meant to be something that freaked, out, freaked us out or caused division. They were always meant to bring unity. They were meant to bring clarity. You're meant to understand them. Paul even says that concerning the spiritual gifts, I don't want any of you to be ignorant. Like I, I, I want you to know about these things, right? And we just believe here at the crux and at summit that the gifts, that the Holy Spirit is alive and well. Like we, we would believe, sensationists believe that it ended. We would be continualists, I think, right? Where it goes all the way through. Like the Holy Spirit didn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, right? That's what we believe here. And so we talked about the, the first, the gifts of spirit, just to make it easy. We kind of broke it down. We said revelatory gifts. Uh, and we were talking about uh, the prophetic, the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, things like that. And then we practice hearing God's voice. Do you remember that? Right? And how many of you got blessed by that? Remember we made, we wrote notes on airplanes and we threw them and then you picked it up and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? Like, this is crazy, right? How many of you got blessed by that? Yeah, David got his own. Remember when you, oh no, that was Joel. Yeah, that was beautiful. 
That was beautiful, right? Anyway, so tonight we're gonna go on the next part, okay? So I have a lot of verses I'm gonna cram in. It's very teachy because I just wanna show you this is in the Bible, all right? It's in the scripture. And and basically, so I'll try to go quick. I wanna encourage you guys, uh, if you're like me, I try to write down every verse, just write down the references, okay? Little key, write down the numbers first. You'll remember the book, you won't remember the numbers. By the time you get to the number, you're like, was it five or 15? That verse is totally different, right? I had a speaker said that once. I'm like, genius. I'm writing the numbers down first, and I'll remember the book, right? So do that tonight, okay? So here we go. Tonight, we're specifically, we're going to go after what are known as the power gifts. Everyone say, power. power. Come on, the power gifts, which is broken down. Man, some of you like that a lot. Power. <laughs> some of you. Right. Oh, oh, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> the power gifts, which are healing faith and miracles. It comes out of the same verse we went through last week of breaking down the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But this one, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, he talks about he's giving the gifts. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts to people. So it says, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, Okay. So these are called the power gifts because they're gifts that are a little different. They, they work through a power. It's not necessarily a, a, me, a speaking or a word from the Lord. It's a manifestation of God's power coming through in our lives, okay? So Acts 1.8, Jesus is talking right before he leaves. This is what he says. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How many of you heard the Great Commission where it's like you will go out and you're going to go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth? The first half of that verse is the Holy Spirit will give you power and then you'll go. So often we only hear the second part of it. Just go. And he says, wait, 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 no, no. First, get the power to come upon you, the Holy Spirit. He says again, okay, uh, there's a, uh, I don't have it in here. It's later in my notes. But 1 Corinthians 2, 4, Paul's saying this when he's talking to the Corinthians. He says, my speech and my message were not in plausible words. Meaning like, you couldn't really understand what I was saying. My message really sucked, <laughs> right? Like I just wasn't good, okay? It wasn't in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Basically, my teaching was real bad, but the Holy Spirit showed up. <laughs> and if you read later in the context, and he says, so it's actually a good thing because then you don't rely, your faith isn't built upon a teacher, but upon the power of the Holy Spirit. This word power is dunamis. I would say dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite, right? It's where we get that word, okay? And it is basically means power. It means like a dynamite of the kingdom of God. Like it, it is a dynamite, an explosion to, uh, right? Of darkness just gets exploded, right? You know, like this is the picture. He says the power of God, the dunamis power, okay? So when I, last year, some of you heard this story because you uh, were with me last year when I went on this. I went to Nepal last year, okay? David was there. He knows. He could tell me. It was looking real bad sometimes, right? That's okay. You can, yeah, it looked, it was, it was bad sometimes, right? There were some moments, okay? So we get up and we preach the gospel. We tell everyone, hey, we have a message for you, okay? And we say, meet us here at like five and we're gonna do some skits and then we have a message for you. There's like 60, 70 people showed up, Okay were there, they've never heard the gospel before. Half of them never even seen 
Americans before, right? And it, see, some of them never heard English before. What is this language, right? Okay, so we have a translator. We get up there. We, we do these skits, and then they have morals and things like that. But then at the end, the, the, the crux of it, woo, the gospel, okay, comes up, and we preach the gospel. And I know the human heart is designed to want the gospel, the human heart is designed to be like the missing puzzle piece. It's there. It's Jesus. Okay. And we get up and we're like, who wants the gospel? Like who wants Jesus? It's just quiet. And I'm surely there's like a translation issue. So I start to preach again and I say, okay, get me this time. Like the, the translator. And I say it again, a quick gospel. And I'm like, who wants this? 70 people. It's just quiet. No one's raising hand. I look at the translator like, are you saying something wrong? And he's like, they don't want it. <laughs> like, it's all I says, right? And I'm like, really? And it became this funny quote on the whole trip. I looked at the crowd. I was like, really? No one? <laughs> and I looked, not one person wants this. And I got like so mad. It was weird. I got like real angry because I've never seen that. Like an altar call of just zero. And it wasn't like a church where everyone's saved. It was like no one's saved and no one wants it. There's even one dude. I'm like, who wants it? And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, he totally understands what I'm saying. Okay. So my teaching did not come with plausible words of wisdom. I tried my best and it just sank and I was digging my hole deeper the more I was trying, right? And so then, luckily, we're gonna talk about this in, in a minute. Faith rose up inside of me. And I don't know what it was. Uh, well, I know it's the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't me, okay? If you've ever had a moment where you give someone a word or you pray for them and they're like, that was amazing. You're like, dude, that was God. I don't even really remember what I said, right? This was a moment like that. I get up and I said, is anyone in here sick? Does, does anyone, no one wants to. Does anyone have pain? No one. I'm like, and I, I literally was like, somebody has pain. Like, there's no way that I would have said, now you're all just rebelling. I, like, you know, like, like, you don't even, right? You don't even care, right? And so, and I'm up there and I'm like, not one person is sick. No one has pain in the whole town. Finally, one dude raises his hand and I'm like, get over here. <laughs> and he like, <laughs> comes over in front of everybody. Everyone's kind of like, what's the crazy white guy going to do? You're like, you know, this is crazy. What's he going to do, man? Right? And, I, and, and then I, this was not me because I don't normally say this. Dom has been friendly for years. I've never said this before. I just said, if what we preach to you is true and if Jesus is real, then this man will get healed right now. Right? And the minute it was a, it was a moment of uh, the gift of faith came inside of me and, and I knew that I knew that I knew this man will be healed. Otherwise, what we're preaching is wrong, right? But I don't normally say that. I don't walk around people like, hey man, like everything, the gospel's wrong unless you get healed right now. I don't, I don't do, I've never done that before, right? And the minute I said that, I kind of jumped out of like spiritual pastor mode and into like scared tailor mode. And the minute I said it, I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, I can't believe I just said that. Like, that, that was not me, right? And then so I turned to pray for the guy and my prayer is just like, oh God, please, like I promise. Like, and I'm like, God, I know you're real, but like, I just promise them that you're real. And I just, please show up, God, right? Like, and my faith was totally gone, right? But so, but the gift of faith rose up for a moment inside of me and then I kind of, insecurity tapped it out, right? So, but in the moment, then all of a sudden the guy looks up and he looks over and he starts saying something and Napoleon, the translator says, his pain's gone. His pain's totally gone. He had pain going, shooting down his leg and he said, the pain's completely gone. And then the people in the crowd started yelling things 
And the translator's like, they don't believe him. <laughs> and then he started yelling at them and they're now yelling at each other. And the translator's like, they're saying, I got healed. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. And then, right? And then all of a sudden the guy points at another dude and says, come here. And the translator's like, he's calling him out saying, you have pain, get over here. <laughs> right? Because they've been friends forever. So the guy's like, I know you have pain, get over here. So the second guy comes over, we pray for him. The guy all of a sudden eyes open up and he looks and he's like, like the pain's completely gone. And he like felt like a fire on him, he said. And he like, what's going on? And I like, I looked at the crowd, the faith returned, right? I looked at the crowd and I was like, two people, ha <laughs> ha, right? And I just like, like totally immature, right? This is like your eloquent pastor. My, my preaching was not with plausible words. It was like, in your face, <laughs> he's real, <laughs> right? Like, and so I basically, okay, but these guys get healed on the spot. The power of God, healing breaks out, miraculous miraculously, all these people then start coming forward and they want prayer. Our team goes into prayer mode, starts praying for people. These people get healed. Then they give their lives to the Lord. There just happened miraculously to be another team in their region that had Bibles in their language. We gave them Bibles and talked to them. And then now they're, they're planting the early stages of a church in that region, the first one in the region of church getting planted. And we have a long-term YWAM team out there connecting with them to plant a church. Not because of my plausible words, not because of my wisdom, but because the gifts of the Holy Spirit showed up. Holy Spirit showed up and showed off. And the gifts, the power of God, a demonstration of power is what changed everything. I can tell you later, I have story after story after story of this happening. Nepal, that trip was marked by the power of God. It was, I, I saw things I've just never seen before. Monks were like, we'd say, pray and ask if Jesus is real. And the monk's like, he's not real. Just ask Jesus. And then the monk closed his eyes and looked and then was like, oh my gosh, he's real. And we, were, and we said, what happened? He's like, I heard a voice say I'm real. <laughs> right? Like crazy stuff where Buddhist monks were hearing the voice of God. Like miracles, right? I can't make people do that. I kind of just learned to start shutting, like shut up. I was just like, they wanted to argue and said, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. You just pray and ask God to show you stuff. And then God would show up, right? It was the power of God showing up. It's for today. It's for now. When we pray for people, are we expecting the dunamis power, the dynamite of God? Are we expecting that to show up? Or do we pray for people and just say, you know, Lord, I just pray that they feel warm and fuzzy. Like I'm all about the lovey-dovey, warm, fuzzy Father God. Like I love that stuff. But do we expect the power of God to show up? Are we going after the gifts of the Holy Spirit? You see, the truth is Jesus's ministry was marked by the power of God. Like, I mean, yes, he's God. I, I understand that. But if you just check him out and say, well, he was God, so he could do things I couldn't. It defeats so much stuff because Jesus, he, he didn't come, he came to die for us, but he also came to show us how to live. For 30 years, he lived to show us an example. Of, this is what a Christian looks like. This is what we do in the kingdom of God. He didn't just say, everything I do, you can't do. No, he actually said, everything I do, you will do even more. Like that's crazy. And so he set the standard. He said, this is what Christianity is meant to look like, is the power of God flowing through us. To cut out the miraculous, the supernatural out of the gospel, it's really, it's to cut out the gospel. If you look, so Thomas Jefferson, he actually went through with a little exacto knife thing, and he cut out every part of the Bible that he thought was not reasonable and not logical. And then he put it all together, 
and uh, the new te- of the of the gospels, the four books. He put it together, and he only had one book left. Okay, and he put it together, and he said it's called Jefferson's Bible, is what it is, and it's meant to be all the good morals of Jesus without any of the supernatural power. Right? It's a real thing, and and it what's crazy is there's no birth story because his story was miraculous. Right? There's no half like the majority. There's over 41 instances of Jesus healing someone or miracles or something happened. All those stories are gone, right? Just the like Sermon on the Mount was in there. (laughs) Things like that, right? Just good saints. And it ends with Jesus dying. There's no resurrection. You see, when you get rid of the power of God, you get rid of the gospel. That's not Christianity anymore. Your faith is a miraculous birth. Somehow miraculously, Jesus, God dwelt as a man, miracles, signs, and wonders, faith, dying and resurrection. Our whole faith is in miracles. If you want Christianity, but you don't want the supernatural side of God, like you really don't want Christianity. You want something else. You want good morals, right? And a lot of religions can give you some good morals. What makes us different is the power of God. Bill Johnson, I'm going to butcher the quote, but he said something to the effect that basically a lot of things that are for known for Christianity can be accomplished by other religions. What sets us apart? What makes us different? It's the Holy Spirit being alive. The Holy Spirit flowing through. The Holy Spirit bringing his dunamis power. This verse has been haunting me. There's, there's a couple verses that I say haunt me. <laughs> Basically, there's verses you read like, oh, that's nice. There's other verses you read and they convict you and you're like, I need to repent. There's other verses that continually throughout your life, they almost knock on your door and are like haunting you. This one was one of them, okay? The, <laughs> it's Matthew 22, 29. Jesus answered them. He's talking to Sadducees here. Uh, and, and he says, you are deluded. You are delusional. Another verse says, you're wrong, (laughs) right? And he says, because your hearts are not filled with the revelation of the scripture or the power of God. You see, you will get delusional as a Christian if you don't have the two things, scripture and the power of God. You have to have both of them. There's people who only pursue the Holy Ghost and the power and they get real delusional real quick, if they're not grounded in the word of God. You have to have a revelation of the scripture, the word of God. The Holy Spirit will never contradict his scripture, right? However, also the reverse is true. If you only pursue the scripture and you don't pursue the power of God as well, the Holy Spirit, the gifts, you can also quickly become a Pharisee, become a delusional because you know so much about God up here. You know so little about God in your heart. We are way too familiar with a God that we barely know. (laughs) That's what Bobby Connor said, right? And I want to know him in my heart and in my mind. I want to pursue, I want to know the scriptures and I want to know the Holy Spirit. I want to know, I want to know both of them. So I, another verse, Matthew 10, one, it says, and he called to him his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Jesus taught his disciples to pursue the healing of every disease, every affliction. He didn't say, oh yeah, the hard ones, don't worry about it. He actually said, no, if it doesn't get healed, fast and pray (laughs) and expect for it to get healed. He said, every, every single one. 
John 14, 12, Jesus says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. The Bible says that we're, you can do even greater works than Jesus does. That, if you told me that, I'd be like, that's blasphemy. I can't do anything more than Jesus, right? But then he told me that, so what do I do? I can't tell him he's wrong, right? (laughs) Like, oh, it's in the scripture, right? And so Jesus give a revelation of the scripture in our hearts. So the the power of God, it was meant, you see him put it into the disciples, right? And then what's crazy is there's this argument and sensationists and stuff. They say, well, it kind of was the establishment of the early church and it was uh, the early disciples and you don't see it go outside of that, right? The problem is we don't even ever, we don't see Jesus talk about that too. And there's a whole, that's another bunny trail. I could preach a whole sermon on. If you have questions about that, come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you about it, okay? But Mark 16, 17, Jesus says, and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. His preface is those who believe, not apostles, not disciples, not these 12 men, not the early church. He says, those who believe, they will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Matthew 10, 8, as a command, Jesus says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons freely you've received, now freely give. That's crazy. Jesus warns the disciples in Luke 24, 49. He says, I'm going, to, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. That's the Holy Spirit. He says, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. How many of us run out the city to do works for the Lord and we never stayed until we were clothed with the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts, right? You guys, I'm telling you, and I'm giving you a bunch of verses because I want you to see it's all throughout scripture. You cut these out. You don't have the, you don't have the gospel anymore, Right? So we even now we see it. So we see, I wanted to show you that Jesus gave it to his disciples and he expected them to walk in it. Then he also gave it to the early church by saying, hey, when I'm gone, I want you to do this. The early church then even gives it to other churches. James 5, 14, it says, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise them up. So then that church even says to all the other churches and to all their people, all you guys, whoever's the elder, pray for the sick. Like this is not just a couple disciples, apostles did it. It was expected that the church walked in this. So for the gifts, are you guys doing okay? I know this is kind of teachy. You guys doing all right? And then my goal at the end is then we're gonna just pray that God comes with his power and heals people. Come on. Okay, so going back to the verse. 1 Corinthians 12, 9, to another he gives faith, to another healings, and then to another miracles. Okay, so faith, what is, what is faith? When you break it down, we all know kind of like, yeah, give me faith, but like, what is it more? Okay, faith is the supernatural power, okay? It's released by God into our hearts, released in a believer to do the miracle works of God on the earth. It's like I said, kind of this knowing that I'm knowing kind of a thing, right? It's like that moment in Nepal when I just said like, I know you're going to get healed, right? And it was just something, it's a gift that wells up inside of you, okay? So, and, and this is the one, faith, the reason it's marked with the power gifts is that's the one that almost acts as the gates for all the other ones to open up. 
But really, a lot of the gifts flow together. It's not just one or the other. You'll see them interweave together, okay? And so the faith gift often opens up, cracks open the other gifts. I declared in faith, and then healing broke out. So you're like, was that healing or was that faith? It was kind of both in that moment. They, they, they interwove together, okay? So uh, we see this in the scripture, Mark 5, 34. It says, and he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, your suffering is over. She had this gift of faith. He says, that faith, that's what, that's what brought healing. Okay, we see this in the centurion with the servant. When Jesus heard this, basically for those who don't know, uh, this guy says, hey, my servant's gonna die. And Jesus says, let me, go find, let me go find them. I'll pray for them and heal them. And he says, no, 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 no. You just say the word and they'll be healed. You don't need to go. And Jesus is so, he's so blown away. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And then in verse 13, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. The faith of one activated the healing for another. So faith, I want to let you know, is a gift like healing. And just the question, though, is people say, well, how do you, how do you, I believe you can grow in the gifts. I believe you have access to all the gifts. You'll be better at one and worse than another. It's like, it's like a body. I have access to all of my muscles, <laughs> right? Right? But my bicep might not be as big as Joel's bicep, right? Like his is, he is stronger than me, right? And so, so I say, he's my roommate, so I could joke with him like that, okay? And so, so basically, that's what I mean is you might have someone in the spirit, they're just more naturally gifted in healing than you are, right? And they just function in it better or faster or it's easier for them. That doesn't mean you don't have access to it. It's like a muscle you, gotta, you can work and you can use and you can build up. So if you wanna see someone get healed, what should you do? Pray for people to get healed. Don't just walk around and be like, when someone gets healed, then I'll know I have the gift. It's never going to happen until you say, let's see if I got this. And you pray for someone to get healed. And you do it over and over and you build it up until you see it happen, right? We know that we, we see this with other gifts as well, where we say, well, ask them, pursue them. But with faith, we're kind of like, oh, you either got it or you don't. No, no, the gift of faith, you can grow it just like the prophetic gifts of hearing God's voice, just like the healing gifts, just like all these other gifts that you have to step out. Faith is actually the gift that gets a lot of those gifts going. And so how do you grow in your faith? Someone once told me, well, actually they didn't tell me. They told me through their book because they lived in the 1800s. So they, they didn't tell me <laughs> through their book. They're like my buddy. <laughs> and like, oh, thank you, right? No, and so he once told me, this author, okay? He, uh, but he said, uh, preach it until you believe it. And then when you believe it, you'll preach it because now you actually believe it. So, Declare faith until you have faith. And then when you have faith, you'll start to declare in faith. Like this is how you grow this thing, right? It's like, I want my muscles to get, to get bigger. So it's like, I got weak muscles. So I'm, gonna do, so I'm gonna lift, right? Until I build that muscle. And then now that I build that muscle, I'm lifting more because I've built the muscle. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's not like I have weak arms. I guess I'll just never be able to pick up a, I got little T-Rex arms. I'll just never be able to pick anything up, right? No, it's like, no, I'm just going to focus on my legs forever. You know, it's like, no, that's stupid. Build it, build it by working on it. Declare in faith until you have faith, and then you have faith, so now you declare in faith. Does that make sense? You can grow this thing. So declare, be like, Jesus is going to heal you, man, and start praying. 
You know, Jesus, you're going to break through in my life. Jesus, you're going to do something amazing. Like declare these things out in faith. Okay. Does that help for faith? How to grow that gift? Okay. Healing. Okay. This is to another is the gift of healing. This is a supernatural power of God to release through a believer healing to the sick. We see this all throughout scripture. Jesus did with his disciples. I give you a bunch of verses for that. Okay. So just going to miracles, the same verse as to another, the working of miracles. This is included. This is, these are examples when you see Jesus uh, stop the storm or you see him turn water to wine or cast out demons or raise the dead. These are moments where they're not necessarily a healing. It's something almost like the laws of nature change. <laughs> it's like, it's like, right. Have you seen Captain America's shield bouncing around? Like that's miraculous. That doesn't, that does not match physics for those who are Marvel nerds like myself. Okay. That's a miracle right there. So basically it's a moment when, when it's almost like these, these laws are broken or, or at least not broken, but it, it, they just follow they They bend, right? No, but it's like, it's like when Jesus says to a storm, stop it. And the storm stops. That shouldn't happen. Do you see that? Right? This actually happened in my life. Uh, my brother, on the day of his wedding, on the day of my brother's wedding, okay, I go out to the beach. It's pouring rain. They got to get married in like an hour on this beach, and it's pouring rain. My buddy Jeremy and I, I was the best man he was a groomsman. We walked outside the rain, and we were like, stop it! <laughs> right? And we're like, we, we got nothing to lose. Like, this we the wedding's going to suck if it's raining, and it's supposed to be a beach wedding. And we, we didn't think ahead. We didn't have covering, so we're like, this is going to be rough, right? And so we get out there, and we just say, in Jesus' name, stop. <laughs> Go away. And we went in there and got changed. We came out, is perfectly sunny. Not a single cloud in the sky for the rest of the day. You can't even tell in the photos. There was like a beautiful little glistening water on the ground, right? And it was beautiful. One of the most beautiful weddings I've ever seen, right? That was incredible. That, that, that was a miraculous moment. That shouldn't have happened. It was pouring and 30 minutes later, completely clear, sunny, warm, right? Oh, it happened at your guys' wedding too. God does miraculous things at weddings. All right, so... Anyway, uh, another time the reverse happened. There was a time I was praying and I said, God, what are you doing? And I heard thunderclouds. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. I guess God's sending rain. I, I thought it was maybe metaphorical. I walked up on this stage and I said, God says he's sending his rain. He is sending his rain over our lives and over this region, okay? That, that was when we were in the severe drought. Do you, you remember this? I was so dense. I didn't even catch it until someone told me afterwards what happened. It started raining. And it rained for like three weeks. And we remember, remember it was like a, a, G, a January of like a year or so ago. Or you guys remember that? That crazy rain that happened. It started like the next day. And it just, right? Someone came up to me and they're like, dude, I can't believe you prophesied and proclaimed the rain would come. And I said, I did? I don't remember that. Right? <laughs> and then I'd multiple say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got up and you said, God's sending the rain. And, and then you had us all declare that rain would come. And I was like, oh, Oh yeah, <laughs> right? Because, and I, I didn't even realize that was a miraculous moment where God, where the, this gift came out that wasn't supposed to happen. Does that make sense for miracles? Okay, so, but the way you work them is declare them out, just like all the other gifts. Don't be like, all right, God, if you want rain, I guess you'll send it. You know we're dying over here, right? No, <laughs> declare the rain, right? Okay, all right, so. <laughs> God, you know we're thirsty, please. I don't know if you noticed, but we're in a drought, Lord. It's not the right, right? Oh, he's like, why don't you guys just partner with my plan, right? Oh, man. Okay, so here we go. A few important notes. You guys doing okay? Cool. Can you give me like five more minutes? Sweet. Okay, so here we go. So 
a few things when you're praying for miracles, when you're praying for uh, healing, things like that. Here's just some quick notes for you. One, this sounds crazy. I didn't believe this at first, but really assume that it's God's will to heal the sick. Assume so. I hear this all the time. God, if it's your will, would you please heal them? If it's your will, heal me. That's exactly what the leper said. Jesus, if it's your will, what did he say? It's in Mark 1. He says, I will. And he reached out and he touched him and healed. We see this every time. There's never a moment where Jesus says, no, I don't will that. I don't want to heal you. We see this all, th- all throughout Jesus's ministry, all throughout the gospels, okay? Because Jesus in John 5, 19 says, so Jesus explained to them, I tell you the truth, the son of man can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So he says, my will I'm, uh, is the will of the father. I'm only doing what he does. So look at Jesus. That's perfect theology as to what the father is. You wanna know what God's like? Look what Jesus says. That's what God's like, okay? So Jesus says, I'm right there with the Father. Okay, John 5, 30. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my will, but the will of the Father. This is, this is why it's important. In Matthew 9, 35, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching the synagogue and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. That means God's will is that every kind of disease and he illness would be healed. It's God's will to heal every single kind. Matthew 8, verse 16. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. That's a, that would be an interesting sight, people dragging their demon-possessed friends to Jesus, right? Okay, he says, he cast out the evil spirit with a simple command, and he healed all of the sick. That means it's God's will to heal all the sick, Right? Luke 4.40, as the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Once again, Jesus heals everyone. John G. Lake, he's a really famous healing evangelist guy. He said, Jesus did not heal the sick in order to coax them to come to Christianity. There's people he healed and they walk away and they never come back and say thanks. He didn't do it just to win him over. It says, then he says, he healed because it's in his nature to heal. He also says this, when I saw for the first time by the word of God, that sickness was not the will of God. Everything in my nature rose up to defeat the will of the devil. The devil, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It's not God's will. So we know it's his will. So don't ask God, if it's your will, would you please? Do what Jesus showed us. Command that it's gone. You, you know it's his will already. In Acts 3, 6, what, how do the apostles, how do the early church do it? Okay, it says, then Peter, he said this, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Remember, what you freely receive, freely give is what he's doing. I give you what I have. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. There's no God if it's your will. He didn't stop and pray and say, God, I, is this your will? I don't know right? He lived with Jesus. It was his mindset just to declare it. It says, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. John G. Lake says this again, do you know what prayer is? It is not begging God for this or that. The first thing we have to do is to get you beggars to quit begging until a little faith moves in your souls. Wow, dang. He's like, this is, stop begging God. Stop begging him to heal. 
Get some faith to move mountains in your heart. Then let's pray, right? This is crazy. So the, the question is, and it, there is hard moments, and I want you guys to know, there's hard times when you don't see the healing happen. You don't. And, and it doesn't really seem to make sense because I see in scripture, Jesus wants us to heal. I see him command us to heal. I see him commission the apostles to heal. I've seen healing. Why do some people not get healed? Why do the gifts sometimes not go? And, and I don't know if people are going to like the answer. Uh, my answer is, I don't know. I don't know why. My 14-year-old best friend, when I was 14, had a heart attack and died. And I begged God to save him and take him out of his coma, and he died. I don't know why. Why did he not get healed? But I look back all these years later, and I realize because of his death, my brother, myself, and my friend Jeremy started pursuing Jesus. His parents used his college money to send us to a mission school. Now we're all full-time in ministry. I've seen thousands of salvations all over the world. I'm not going to say that's why it happened, but at least it heals and redeems. The, the devil intends for evil. God redeems and turns into good. I don't think God killed my friend, but I think God stepped in and redeemed it and turned it into where the devil's kicking himself, saying, man, if I didn't do that, these guys may never be in ministry. Look how God redeemed it. It's not, I don't live my life based on what I don't know, but what I do know right? Would you ever preach the gospel to somebody? And if it didn't work, they didn't get saved, say the gospel must not work then? No. We know very well, like, I don't know why they didn't receive it. Maybe it was lack of faith. Maybe it was some demonic. Maybe it was a sickness. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it was none of that. For some reason, they didn't receive it. But we wouldn't stop preaching the gospel. But this is what we do for healing. We pray for healing. If it doesn't work, then we create a theology trying to make us feel better as to why it doesn't work. And what if we pressed in until our experience matched our theology? Your theology should be up here. Jesus is the healer. My, if my experiences are down here, I'm not going to pull my theology down. I'm going to keep pressing in to raise my experience up, right? People always throw out Job, and they say, well, how come Job, all this stuff, right? You guys know that one? What's the ending of the story? He got healed, <laughs> right? He got more than was taken away. He got double what was lost, like, right? So if you're like, I'm just like Job and all this stuff, well, then you better expect double than what was taken from you. That's the story of Job. It's a happy ending, right? Stop being like, I'm just like Job, right? God just let me get smited, right? It's like, that's not the ending of the story. He gets healed. Like, what? Right? Man, that's incredible. Right? Job's a story of healing. Right? <laughs> anyway, some people need to get happy. Right? Job's a good story. Right? <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. So, and uh, there's another verse. I've already gone way too over because I'm passionate about this. Uh, so, Apologies there. But basically, there's a, the, one of the main verses that talks about the thorn in the flesh, and, and people use it to try to talk about how, um, how, you know that verse where Paul says he's got a thorn in his flesh. He asked three times that it'd be taken away. He never got taken away. And he says it's like a messenger of Satan sent to, like, torment him, right? Uh, anyway, I'll talk, I can talk more another time about it. But basically, 
there, there's a lot of reasons why that wasn't just a physical ailment, <laughs> okay? Uh, there's actually a common phrase that you can see multiple times in the Old Testament, in the Jewish culture, where God says, these people are going to be a thorn in your flesh. And they literally say the same phrase, and they said, sent to harass you, sent to torment you, sent to, right? It's the exact phrase Paul uses, a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, <laughs> right? But for some reason, all those, those two three other scriptures were like, oh, that wasn't a physical ailment. That was the people. But then one time with Paul, he uses the exact same phrase and we say, no, 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 that one was for sure a physical ailment, right? And it's like, wait, no, the Bible interprets the Bible. You should use the same phrase throughout it, right? And if it's the common phrase, why are you changing all of a sudden? Anyway, talk to me afterwards if you want to learn more about that, okay? So uh, anyway, let's, um, let's stand up together. I'm not going to finish this. So let's just move into the next part. Can I end on one last convicting quote by John G. Lake? So he says this. He says, in those early centuries of Christianity, Christianity did not go into the world apologizing. It went to slay the powers of darkness and undo the works of the devil, and it lived in a holy triumph. So often we as Christians were like, is it awkward if I pray for healing for you? I'm so sorry if it offends you. Like, I don't know if... I'm so sorry it didn't work. I don't know why it didn't work. It usually works. Like, you know, like, oh, sorry, man. Right? We're so apologetic about it. We're so sorry about it. And he says, no, the early Christian church, they just, they just went for it. And so, yeah, just put out your hands right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would activate us in this gift of faith to know that we know that you're the healer and that you flow through us in healing. Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would come with your healing power that you would come with your healing power and flow through us, that you'd come with your miracles. Holy Spirit, we say we're, we're tired of hearing other people's stories. We want our own. We want our stories of when we, when we prayed for someone and they got healed in your name and brought you glory. We're not doing it for our glory. We, we, we want your name to be lifted up. But how will people not, like know unless you touch them? Would you use our hands to heal the sick? Would you use our hands to bring your miracles? Would you use us, God, to bring your faith here? God, we want this place to look like heaven on earth. Would you use us? Use us, God. Guys, guys, there's something special about you stirring up in your own heart the desire. You stir the pot. You fan the flame. So take, take a few seconds. You cry out to God. Say, God, I want this. God, I want this in my life. God, I see it in the scripture. God, I see it in testimonies. I see it throughout history. I want to see it in me. God, I want to see it in me. I want to see it here at the crux. I want to see it at summit. I want to see it in the region. Come on, guys. You, you, you raise, up, raise up a sound. Come on, stir up a hunger. Cry out that he would just come. Fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us. Thank you. You give us access to all the gifts. Would we have faith for them? Would we walk in them? God, would we see healings? Would we see signs and wonders? Would we see more than we've ever seen? Holy Spirit, come. Um, we're kind of wrapping up the night, but hey, I just want to say for anyone who wants prayer and is like, I need healing, like I think God's obviously doing like some special things here, you know, and so... Um, if you want prayer, 
come come for it tonight. You know, we'll pray for you. You know, um, but for everyone else, we love you guys. Feel free to soak and hang out or whatever. Maybe honor what God's doing rather than talking here. Talk back there or out in the lobby or whatever. Um, but we love you guys, and we'll see you uh, tomorrow night for the coffee shop. Okay. But if you want prayer, come up right now and pretty much pick a person. They'll pray for you. Okay. <laughs> love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.